Greetings to each of you this evening. A subject given to me was admonishing one another. I don't know exactly why I was given that subject. Um, I'm not uh, particularly good at that. In my past history, I would say that I did some admonishing and um, sometimes maybe it wasn't done in the right spirit and uh, but then more times when I should do admonishing, I just don't because I'm scared. So I'm just telling you, it's not that I'm so good at admonishing, but I want to learn and grow. And I hope you do too. <clears throat> admonishing one another. That's a big word. What does that mean? The dictionary says to rebuke gently and kindly or to warn. To rebuke gently, kindly, or to warn. To warn against danger or to instruct. And so, um, rebuke somebody gently, kindly, show them where they're wrong, where they need to do something different, something better, or to warn of danger. The way you're going is, there's danger ahead. Or to teach, instruct. <clears throat> well, let's turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. The first 17 verses talk about, well, various things, but he starts out, if then you were raised with Christ, I'm reading from the New King James this evening, seek those things which are above, since you have been raised with Christ, seek the things which are above, where Christ is is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. <clears throat> and so he's writing to those who have new life in Christ. They've been raised with Christ. Have new life in Christ. And down through this passage, I want to just look briefly at, at, at these verses. I'm not going to take a lot of time here, but we're going to notice primarily what kind of people we are to be 
inside, within ourselves, what kind of a person am I to be um, as I think of this thing of admonishing others? And so he's talking about those who have a new life in Christ. Verse 2, we should set our minds on heavenly things, godly things, not selfish things, not things that I like and the things that I want and, you know, things of this earth, uh, selfish, selfishness. Verse 3, we die to self, we live for Christ. And then in verses 5 through 9, he talks about the things that we are to die to. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil, desire, covetousness, idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them, but now you yourselves are to put off all these. And he lists some more things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie one to another, since you have put off the old man with these deeds. And so these are the things that we are to die to, to, our, to put off. Um, he says, put to death in verse 5. And then he, in verse 8, he talks about putting off these things. And verse 9, putting off. And so these are the things that we should die to daily, all the time. They shouldn't be a part of our lives. We should put them off. We should die to them. Um, Verse 10, we are to put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And then I'd like to go to uh, verses 12 to 14. Uh, More things to put on. Therefore, as elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another. Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And verse 14, above all these things, put on love, or charity, which is the bond of perfection. And so these are the things that we are... We talked about the things that we are to put off, that we're to die to. These are the things that we are to put on. These should be the characteristics of our lives. Now I'd like to jump back to verse 11. We skipped that verse. But in verse 11, he tells us that we are all in Christ, or I should say it this way, all of us who are in Christ should be on one level. No levels, different levels, no classes. um, All be on one level, one class. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. God accepts and receives anyone who comes to him. Doesn't matter the background the birth, the nationality, the so forth. God accepts all, anyone who comes to him. Well, let's move on. Verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts 
to which also you are called in one body. Be thankful. Verse 16, and so we have there in verse 15, uh, the peace of God should control our hearts and our relationships with others. And then in verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we find in verse 16 this word, admonishing. Um, <clears throat> we should teach and admonish one another. And in the context, uh, in this particular verse, he talks about admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and so forth. And the thing that I would like to get from this passage uh, specifically is that the characteristics of a person, and it doesn't say that in so many words here in this passage, but it's the characteristics of a person who is, should be admonishing others. That is, somebody who has a new life in Christ, has been raised with Christ. Somebody who is putting off the old man with his deeds. Somebody that is putting on the new man with his deeds. Somebody that knows the peace of God in his heart and so forth. That's the, the Christian, the person who is both qualified as well as commanded to admonish one another. Now let's go over to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. And in this passage, Romans 15 verses 1 to 14, in this passage, he, uh, there, there's a sense in which he's uh, again talking about the characteristics, the traits, the, the uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, of the person, of the people who can be and should be admonishing one another. But I see a little difference in this passage from that in Colossians. Colossians, it was, there was a little bit there in relation to our relationships to each other, but it was primarily about me and where my heart is, and what I'm putting off and what I'm putting on, my own life and heart. But here in Romans, it deals more with my relationship with others, how I'm relating in the brotherhood. And again, it's a part of this thing of admonishing one another. So let's look at Romans 15, 1 to 14. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. That's a great big verse. We're not to please ourselves. We're to, we're to bear with one another. Yeah. 
What a certain brother said this morning in Sunday school class sort of concerns me. Well, but he's my brother. Can I bear with him? Yeah, but my sister did so and so. Can we bear with them? Now here he particularly talks about the scruples of the weak. But I would like the weaknesses the, and so forth. Well, anyway, I could go on and say some more about that verse, but we need to go on. We need to love and forbear with one another. No, we don't excuse sin. Uh-uh. But we need to love and forbear with one another in those things where we don't quite do things the same. My brother or my sister, they really have some weaknesses. Well, you ought to go look in the mirror. You do too. At least I do. <laughs> we all do. We have our own weaknesses. Let's move on. Verse 2, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. <clears throat> we please the other person. I don't always get what I want. That's good. <laughs> we please, what are we out, what, what are we in life for? To please myself? Just get everything the way I want it? Or to please my neighbor, my brother, my sister in the Lord? For even Christ did not please himself. But it, as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus. Like-minded toward one another. Like-minded in the brotherhood. Yeah, but he thinks differently from what I do. We need to be like-minded. Means he should always think like I do? No, doesn't mean that. <clears throat> Verse 6 that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7 therefore receive one another, accept each other, receive each other. My brother does things. Differently than the way I do. He thinks a bit differently from what I do. But I accept him as my brother. Receive one another. Just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God. To confirm the promises made to the fathers. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. For this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. And what he's saying in these verses is that uh, whether Jews or Gentiles or whatever, God has accepted. Aren't you glad tonight that God has accepted the Gentiles? Because I'm one. 
and probably you are too. We're not Jews. Verse 12, and again Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. Now may the God of peace fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Now I'd like to go back and just uh, look a bit more at these verses, and I've already talked some about them. But And so... In, in those first couple of verses, he's saying, love and forbear with each other's weaknesses. We're not talking about sin. We're talking about those things in which uh, my brother is, you know, it's a weakness of his. It's not a sin. It's his personality. It's his background, his upbringing, whatever, that makes him like he is. And we need to love and forbear. We need to please others with the goal of building them up. Not just, well, I've got to please my brother so that we don't have any uh, strife or arguments or anything. No, he says, so that our goal is to build up each other, to help each other in our walk with the Lord. <clears throat> We're to be of one mind we're to take interest in others, and we're to glorify God together. This is brotherhood. This is brotherhood. We glorify God together. We accept one another. We receive one another. We don't hold others at arm's length. Well, yeah, I don't hate him. I, um, he's, he's, well, um, but after church, I just sort of, uh, you know, if he's over here, I'll go over here. Or, you know, those kinds of things. No, we don't do that in the brotherhood. We shouldn't. We better not. Brotherhood. Accept one another. Receive one another. And then... He, he has a number of verses here where he talks about that the Gentiles can also be saved. We talked about that, not just the Jews. And, and the thought here that I want to bring out here is, as God has, the, the Jewish people were God's chosen people in the Old Testament, and Jesus was a what? A Jew. But he says, God has also accepted the Gentiles. And we need to accept others, anyone. So then in verse 14, he says, Paul expressed confidence in the brethren that he was writing to. He expressed confidence that the Christians were full of goodness, that they were full of spiritual knowledge, and that they were able to admonish each other. And so as we look at uh, that Colossians passage, um, have we been raised with Christ? 
Have we put off the old man, put on the new man? Are our hearts where they should be? And then this whole thing of brotherhood, do we love and accept one another? Those are the, those are, what should we say? That's the background, the, the traits, the, the uh, prereq, prerequisites <laughs> for admonishing one another. We admonish one another to help one another, to build up each other, to gently warn others of dangers in the way you are going. It will produce eventually this or this, and so forth. Admonishing each other is very much a part of brotherhood. The, the, the concept of brotherhood. It should be a trait that all Christians should strive for and practice. It's an outworking of brotherhood. And if it's done with the Spirit of God, it will result in building each other up, loving each other, forbearing one another, building each other up, having a sincere interest in each other, and so forth. Well, let's get practical about it. So someone in the church is critical of me. They criticized me to my face. Or they ran me down to others behind my back. And that was wrong on their part. It was not true, or at least not totally true, and they didn't do it in love. So I guess I need to go and admonish them. Well, I guess I would ask, is your heart full of goodness and grace? Or is it full of anger, resentment, bad feelings? And back there in, in, uh, in, in Colossians, he says, put off anger and malice and those things. Have I forgiven that person for what they said about me or to me? If I haven't, I better not go talk to them. I better get on my knees and talk to the Lord. Have I put on tender mercy, humility, meekness, long-suffering, are those things controlling my heart and my attitudes and, and my responses, and my motives? And if I would go to them at this point, the way I feel right now, would I be admonishing them for their good? Or is it for my good? 
or is it to set them straight? Well, <clears throat> maybe it's, let's go to another scenario. Perhaps it's a fellow believer in the church and he or she just needs a whole lot of growth in this particular area, whatever it might be. A certain area of their life, and they, they just really need a lot of growth in that area. They're just far from what they ought to be. <clears throat> and so, first, perhaps I should ask myself, am I being picky? Or is there a real spiritual problem? Maybe their way of doing things uh, really isn't all that much worse than the way I do things. But it's different from the way I do things, and so I'm, I feel picky and irritated, frustrated at them. Like I said before, we all have personality quirks and weaknesses, and so forth. If it is truly something that is a spiritual problem, it's affecting their spiritual life, or it's affecting the spiritual life of another person in the brotherhood, then, yes, we probably should go and admonish them. And why? For the good, for their good, for the good of the brotherhood. Not because I'm irritated or frustrated or anything like that, but to build them up. To build them up, to help them to grow and learn and become more Christ like. <clears throat> And so there are all kinds of scenarios that we might uh, find in the life of the church, in the brotherhood. Um, there may be various times that maybe I should go and admonish someone. And what did we say that was? It was to rebuke gently or kindly, or to instruct them. But one of the common responses is um, not to do anything. We don't go and admonish. We like, we like to be thought well of by others, and so if I go and talk to my brother or sister, why, they might not like me too well. They might turn up their nose at me. They might not receive what I have to say. I like to be liked. I like to be thought well of, so I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to smile and everything will be all right. <laughs> Are we helping our brother or sister in the Lord? Are we helping them to grow? Are we building them up by just smiling and going on about life and don't say anything?
it's, it's natural and right and proper to not want to cause ripples, not want to, uh, you know, to say nice things and not risk uh, saying the wrong thing or upsetting somebody. But are we doing our duty before God if we just zip our lips shut? I'm not going to say anything. I'll let somebody else do that. Or I'll just let him go. Another common reasoning is that I'm not perfect myself. So why should I go and talk to my brother or sister? I have my own weaknesses. And maybe that's a good reason why you should go. Because in some of these scriptures, he talks about we're all on the same level, spiritually speaking. I mean, before God, we're all on the same level. We're all in the same class. Um, we're to be like-minded, to be in unity. We're brothers and sisters. And so we're walking together holding each other's hand, building each other up, encouraging each other, trying to help each other on toward glory, toward heaven. No, I may not be perfect myself. The other person isn't either. That's no, that's no excuse, that's no reason why I shouldn't be helping my brother, help each other. If we're going to admonish somebody else because, because I'm up here and they're down here, then we better not go. If that's the way we think about ourselves and about the other person. And just because I admonish my brother or sister doesn't mean that I don't need some admonishing too. And maybe next week or next month, I need a brother or sister to come and admonish me about something in my life. That's brotherhood. That's being united of one mind and so forth. We are all needy, growing, persons needing to admonish other needy and growing persons. We are living and growing in the Lord together. Yes, I've already talked about this perhaps, but it's possible to go and admonish somebody else with a personal agenda, so to speak. They did something against me, and so I'm going to go tell them off. Or we can refrain from admonishing because of a personal or selfish agenda. Like I said, to be thought well of, not cause ripples, so forth. Both of those are wrong. And both of them will not bring the desired results.
another common fear that hinders admonishing one another is, and I've already touched a little bit on this, that my admonition won't be accepted. Well, if we have gone because we really felt that God wanted us to, we really did it in a heart of true, sincere love, we did it to the best of our ability. Maybe it didn't come out perfect, but we did it with a perfect motive. And if it's not accepted, just keep on loving them anyway. If they don't accept your admonition and they sort of turn their back on you and they don't like you anymore and so forth, just keep on liking them. <clears throat> just keep on loving them and show it. I don't mean just get real gushy about it, but just keep showing them love and care and acceptance. You accept them, even though they maybe aren't accepting you very well. <coughs> and if you live that kind of genuine brotherliness, you'll likely win that person back eventually. If you continue to show them love and acceptance after they have not received your admonition. But again, remember, we live to build up and please the other person as much as we can. We live to build up the other person and to please them as much as we can. If the other person doesn't accept your admonition, perhaps you could ask yourself, if somebody came and told me the same thing that I told them, how would I accept it? It could be hard, depending on what it was. It might not be easy to accept if it was turned around and if it was me. Or what about next week or next month when a brother comes to me and admonishes me and I don't think he did it in a very nice way and how do I accept it? How do I accept it? And then, I'm moving on now, then there are some people who may need... Um, There are some people, let me say it this way, there are some people who may need an occasional uh, help, reminder about something to help them on to a better walk with the Lord. But there are also those who it seems like almost constantly you have to be walking with them and holding their hand and holding them up and guiding them and helping them along. I don't know if you know of anybody like that, but I do. There are those that are spiritually 
weak or because of their background or upbringing or whatever, it seems like they just need somebody constantly to be holding their hand and helping them along. I've known of a few like that. It seemed like you just have to help them to walk the Christian walk all the way through to the end of life. Are we willing to do that? That can get costly. Mm -hmm. It can cost us, it can cost us some money, but it can cost us a lot of uh, time, emotional energy, and so forth. What if you find yourself in one of those situations? What is your love? How, is, how, how strong is your love for that other person? Are you willing to help them, even if it costs a good bit? They may come to you frequently and, so to speak, crown your shoulder or you know, talk about their problems or whatever it might be. And you get very weary of it. And what do you do? We need wisdom from God to know how to handle some of those situations. Some of those are not easy. I know of one sister that my wife has related to, related to for a number of years. Became very, very wearisome. Just constantly. And there, may, there are times when we need to perhaps just honestly tell the other person, I need a little space. Just, just give me a little space. And yet, our heart of love should always be there to love them for who they are, to do our best to help them. We must be willing to walk with people, to spend and be spent, to help others with a heart of love, compassion. Yes, true brotherhood, true Brotherhood can be costly. But it's a wonderful blessing that our Heavenly Father has given to us, to His children. This family, this brotherhood, that's a tremendous blessing. But a part of that is admonishing one another, helping one another, holding up, encouraging helping each other on. And so, God wants us, He wants His children to admonish each other. But He wants us to admonish one another in a way that pleases Him. And to do that, we need to walk closely with the Lord and to learn to sense the Spirit's direction in our hearts and lives. Am I going just because 
of my feelings toward that other person? Or am I going because I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit that I really should go and talk to them and help them because I love them, because God loves them? And we need to search our hearts and lives. What are my motives? What are my attitudes? Are they Christ-like? Are they for the good of the other person? To build them up? Admonition should come out of a true spirit of brotherhood, full of love, forbearance, and acceptance of the other person. May the Lord give us grace and strength to admonish one another, but to do it as God would have us to do it.